Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's going on? This is Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE, the podcast that is designed for students of travel. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to go check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check out the website, dbetravel.com, which has a list of all the episodes ever recorded, a button that makes it easy to get to the show's Patreon page, and so much more. No matter where you're listening, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, and if you can, please rate and review. That really helps the show reach more students of travel. Porto is a coastal city in the country of Portugal that has plenty of history, delicious wine, and a pinch of magic. It has a little bit of something for everyone, and today we're taking a closer look at what Porto has to offer to visitors. Christine from the Christine's Travel Gems blog joins the podcast on this episode to chat about some of her experiences on a trip she took to Porto, which included a cooking class, walking tours, and much more. Christine'sTravelGems.com has some really wonderful travel articles. I definitely encourage you to check it out. And you can follow along with the blog post we're reviewing today by simply scrolling down to the show notes. All right, let's get to the show. Here's my interview with Christine. Christine, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so great to have you join me on the podcast. How are you? I'm awesome. It's so exciting to be here. Well, I'm I'm so glad that you are here. And today's episode is taking us to the country of Portugal, as we'll be talking all about the coastal city of Porto. Now, you, of course, have been to Porto. I'd love to know what made you want to visit and what are some basic overview things that you can share about Porto to sort of, you know, paint the picture for any listeners out there who may not be familiar with this Portuguese city. Well, actually, I wasn't planning to go to Porto. Um, I was trying to go to Wales <laughs> with my friend, but the flights were really expensive. So that meant that I needed to start looking at some other destinations. And uh, so Porto came up in our conversation, and I really started looking into everything that there is to do in Porto. And I was so overwhelmed by how much there is to do. And I was like, I think we need to go to Porto. <laughs> really, I mean, Porto is a very historical city. It dates all the way back to the Roman era. Um, it was called Portus Cale, which um, you might figure out is where the name Portugal eventually came from. So Portucale. And uh, here you can also find out uh, port wine was invented in Porto. J.K. Rowling lived here for three years. This is where she conceptualized Harry Potter and uh, began writing the Philosopher's Stone. Gustave Eiffel, the architect who designed the Eiffel Tower in Paris, also um, designed the Maria Pia Bridge in Porto, as well as many other bridges in Portugal. In the city, you'll also find one of the most beautiful train stations in Europe, as well as one of the most beautiful bookstores in the world, and one of the most beautiful McDonald's in the world. Cool. And, you know, a lot of a lot of cool history you mentioned there, and, and you close with McDonald's. But I want to ask you a little bit more about, like, real Portuguese food that you can find in Porto. Let's talk about food, which is one of my favorite subjects. What type of food is popular around Porto? Well, of course, there's lots of seafood in Porto. Um, this is a coastal city, and it's right on the Douro River. 
Ironically, codfish, which is not found near Portugal at all, is uh, what really is the staple food of Portugal. It's called bucalau. I hope I said that right. But it is a salted codfish. And I read recently that there are over 1,000 ways to serve bucalau. <laughs> and so this is something you definitely won't want to miss trying when you're in Porto. You also have francesinha, which is a wet sandwich. Um, it is created in Porto by Daniel David de Silva. And um, he invented this after um, he had immigrated to France during the Portuguese dictatorship. While he was in France, uh, he really enjoyed the croque monsieur sandwiches in France. And so after the dictatorship, when he returned to Porto, he decided to make it a little bit more Portuguese friendly and uh, so he created the Francesinha sandwich. And this is uh, two pieces of toasted bread with um, various meats in the middle, topped with cheese and a spicy sauce. It's served with fries. And uh, you can also get the special version, which has a fried egg on top. So really heavy, dense sandwich, but very tasty. It looks a little strange. It sounds a little strange, but it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, pastel de nata is um, absolutely delicious. This is one of the most delicious custard tarts uh, in the world. They're very popular all throughout Portugal. They were invented in Lisbon, but you can find uh, many places that sell them also in Porto. Yeah, and speaking of pastel de nata, you and I were talking before the interview, and you were telling me about a class that you took where you learned to make pastel de nata. Can you explain what that dish is a little bit more and, and share kind of like what your class was like? Yeah, so um, pastel de nata was uh, invented by monks and nuns in Portugal. Back in the day, they used to use the egg whites to starch their clothing. And so then they needed to be able to use up all these egg yolks uh, that they had in excess. And of course, they didn't want to throw them away. So they ended up creating a bunch of different recipes that really utilized the egg yolks. And so pastel de nata is probably the most famous of these. The center is just like a creamy custard. And then on the outside, um, you have a nice flaky pastry. These are best served right out of the oven because that pastry is just so crispy and good. <laughs> and the inside is so warm. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely delicious. I actually learned about these uh, from my Brazilian friend. We happened to be at a Christmas market in Luxembourg and she saw a little stall that was selling pastel de nata and she said, Christine, you have to try one. And so she bought one for uh, myself and also another friend who was with us. And uh, we all ate these and I think that's where the love began. <laughs> because then when I was looking at things to do in Porto, I saw there was a class on how to make these and I was like, I have to take that class. <laughs> and uh, so it was great. There are multiple courses you can take. You can find them on Airbnb experiences or get your guide, Viator. We booked ours through Airbnb experiences. And basically the class took place in this lady's little apartment. And uh, so it just, it felt so much like home. 
we were invited into her home and she took us step by step. She started off with the history of the Pashta Lenata um, and then she led us through all the different steps to make it. And she really made sure that everybody participated in each step of the process. She explained everything really, really well. And uh, of course, at the end of the experience, we got to eat all the pastel de nata that we had made. Um, and uh, she served some drinks and we had a time to chat. She shared uh, her local recommendations for restaurants and other things and also sent everybody a copy of the recipe. So I did make these at home <laughs> uh, for my Brazilian friend and she said that they tasted really legit. So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> that is a really fun part of your trip to be able to take that that class. Now, for anyone out there listening that loves wine, make sure to pay close attention to this part of the conversation because Christine, as you mentioned at the top of our conversation, Porto is a place that has a rich wine history. Can you talk a little bit more about the history of wine in Porto and, you know, share how someone visiting the area might be able to experience the region's wine through like a tasting or a tour? Yeah, so there are multiple options to experience wine in Porto. The Alto Douro Valley is very close by. You can rent a car, you can there might be a train option, but we chose to do a guided tour uh, because that just makes things a lot easier. Porto is known for port wine um, that was invented in this region. Basically what was happening was uh, the French and the English were at war with each other and the English wanted wine, but they didn't want the French wine because they were at war with France. And so they needed to find somewhere else to get their wine. But unfortunately, at this time, there was not refrigeration like we know it today. So the wine from Portugal was spoiling before it arrived on English shores. And so the legend is that two English brothers decided to try to fortify the wine with um, a sherry in order to um, strengthen it so that it wouldn't spoil on the journey. And uh, that's where port wine was invented. On our tour, the way the tour was set up was uh, we drove to the Alto Douro Valley and uh, we stopped at a little village there. We got onto boats and so we were just in small groups of six to seven people on the boat and they served us a drink that was featuring white port wine, which is not quite as popular as uh, red port wine, but uh, it was really fun to get to try that. We just kind of went through the valley and um, as we were floating along, then um, the, the guide on the boat told us some of the history. Um, the valley has been cultivated for over 2000 years. That means it's been cultivated since the Roman times. And we also learned about uh, the weather, uh, the way that the land is there, then it is well protected from cold Atlantic winds, which helps the uh, vineyards to be able to grow well. And then also um, the different rocks um, create a really ideal situation in the soil for the wine to be able to grow. And so he explained how um, this history evolved over the years. Now uh, there are a lot of quintas throughout the area. 
Um, these are wine producing farm complexes. You can actually um, stay at many of them or visit them on your own if you wanted to look at that further. After the wine tour, uh, then we got to visit one of the wineries and it was like a small uh, family owned business. And this is again, part of the reason why we chose this wine tour was because it was focusing more on locals and local businesses and not just big businesses. Um, and so we got to try multiple different wines from this winery as well as multiple different port wines. And we even got to climb into a wine barrel. So if that is ever on your bucket list of things to do, <laughs> you can do that on this tour. After the, the visit to the winery, then we went to um, the home of a local chef. And, and basically we sat outside on his patio and uh, we got bottomless wine. It was fantastic. <laughs> we had a wonderful traditional Portuguese meal I'm not sure that they serve the exact same thing every single time, uh, but we had uh, we started off with some dips and um, some appetizer type things. We had, um, I believe it was a pork dish. It was really good. And then we ended the day with a dessert. And it was just so fun. It just really felt like all of the guides, everybody just made us feel like family. And uh, I think that's one of the best things about traveling is when you really get to interact with local people and get to make relationships and um, really see how the people are living. I think that's what makes it extra special, extra magical. So would you recommend someone kind of learn about the history through kind of a tour or something with wine in Porto because it is so important to the culture there? Oh, yeah, for sure. And this wine tour that we did, like I said, it wasn't just about the wine. It was also, it was just really a family kind of experience. And so I think that just brought everything to a, a different level. Of course, you can visit these places on your own, but uh, when you have a guide with you, they can give you that extra insight and extra information that you might not get just by driving through the region by yourself. So we've covered uh, wonderful food and wine in the Porto area, but I want to ask you a little bit about some of the walking tours that you decided to book on your trip. Can you share a little bit of information about the walking tours you went on and how they helped you understand Porto a little bit better? Yeah, so um, I was traveling with a friend and between the two of us, we went on three different walking tours of Porto. When we were booking this, I was a little concerned that there was going to end up being a little bit too much of overlap between these tours and we were going to get a lot of repeat information. But I was really surprised and really excited um, because there wasn't as much overlap as I thought there might end up being. My friend went on the sunset tour and she said that that one was focused a lot on restaurants and shopping in the area. And so if you really enjoy going to restaurants or finding out local recommendations for restaurants or shopping in Porto, then I would recommend going on that tour. Uh, while she was on that tour, I was on the Harry Potter tour. It was fantastic. I highly recommend it. So we started our tour at Salbento train station, which is considered one of the most beautiful train stations in Europe. And uh, of course, 
train stations are super important in the world of Harry Potter because that is how Harry Potter gets to Hogwarts. Salbento Station is not necessarily in Harry Potter, but the concept of trains taking people places is really important in the story of Harry Potter. So um, from there, we began our tour of Porto. And uh, as I mentioned previously, uh, J.K. Rowling spent three years in Porto. And so there are many aspects of Porto and also Portuguese culture that can be seen in the Harry Potter series. Um, so one of those things is the robes that the students wear. They wear black robes for the university, and this was supposed to be kind of the great equalizer in the universities so that students were not being judged. You know, poor students and rich students were all wearing these black robes. And nowadays, it's more used as a, a tradition. We, we happened to be there when they... Freshmen were being indoctrinated into the university. So we saw a lot of people walking around in black robes. And uh, it's a, apparently a big tradition for the seniors to pass on their robes to the incoming freshmen. And they go through kind of a fraternity or sorority-like experience when the freshmen come in. And then uh, you have the the fountain, there's a fountain that has um, griffins on it. And so, of course, Gryffindor, um, there's the Majestic Cafe uh, where J.K. Rowling started writing the Philosopher's Stone and so many different things throughout Porto. But what I loved so much about this tour was it wasn't just focused on J.K. Rowling or on Harry Potter. The concept of the tour was the hero's journey. And so it was the hero's journey of J.K. Rowling, the hero's journey of Harry Potter, and the hero's journey of Porto. And so we learned about the history of all three of these just in this one tour. It was so worth it. Even if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you should do the tour. <laughs> and then the third tour that we did uh, was the Secrets of Porto tour. And this one was definitely a lot more historically based and we visited a lot of historical sites. But it wasn't just history in the far past. It also included current history, as well as um, Porto kind of fell into a state of, of ruin and, and kind of more poverty-like. It's only been within the last 10, 15 years or so that Porto's really started to kind of turn a corner and become more of a tourist city. Cool. So, you know, walking certainly helped you get oriented in Porto. I loved listening and learning about your experience with Harry Potter. That's so fascinating to me. But I also want to ask you about another way you got to experience the city, uh, which was through a different mode of transportation, tuk-tuk cars. Now, these are a unique way to get around and see a city, and you got to ride tuk-tuk cars in Porto. Can you explain what they are and describe what it's like riding through Porto? All right. So this was a very interesting part of our trip. <laughs> um, in the research that I have done, it, the history is a little bit muddled, in my opinion, but it seems like tuk-tuk cars were invented by the Japanese 
They are three-wheeled cars, um, also known as motorized rickshaws, and they're actually most popular in Southeast Asia and Thailand especially, uh, but they are definitely becoming more popular, kind of spreading across the world. And uh, so, of course, uh, we got to do a, a tuk-tuk tour in Porto. It was really fun, and it was so nice because uh, Porto is really hilly, and we had been walking up and down these really kind of steep hills for <laughs> multiple days by the time we did this tour. And I was really glad to be sitting <laughs> for a while <laughs> and let the car take me up and down, especially in the historical center of Porto. You'll notice immediately that the roads are quite narrow and there are areas where it would be difficult for uh, two cars to pass each other or even for one car to get through. So the tuk-tuk is definitely a lot smaller. So you're really able to get through some of these historical areas a lot more easily and more quickly than you could uh, walking up and down hills. So we really enjoyed that. I have to say though, it is a bumpy ride because there are a lot of cobblestones and stuff. So I definitely wouldn't recommend this for anybody who has like back problems or has had like any kind of surgery that might affect, you know, their ability to sit in a bouncing vehicle or pregnant women or, um, yeah, neck problems. <laughs> but especially if you have a family, I think this would be a really fun way um, to see the city uh, with kids because um, they don't have to walk. <laughs> And uh, the tour ended at a monastery, and it's a great overlook of the Louis I Bridge, uh, which is just a very beautiful bridge that cro crosses the Douro River, as well as the Old City of Porto. And um, the Old City of Porto is a designated UNESCO heritage site, and it's just really beautiful to look at. So at this viewpoint, we also got to try a sample of port wine, and just kind of enjoy the sun and the view, the wine. It was really, really nice way to end the experience. So Christine, I think based on our conversation, it sounds like you had a really great time during your trip in Porto. What type of traveler do you think should have Porto on their travel list? Like who do you think would really enjoy visiting Porto? Honestly, I think Porto is a city for everybody. For every age, there are so many different things to do here. You have a wonderful food scene. You've got the wine. You have the Harry Potter. Um, you have so many interesting buildings, so much interesting history. So whether you're a family, a couple, friends, bridesmaids party, any kind of group, I think, would find something, not just one thing, but many things that would be really enjoyable and just really fun to do here in Porto. Very cool. And Christine, today we covered your adventure in Porto, but listeners can read more travel gems by visiting your website, christinestraveljems.com, where you have a bunch of really thoughtful and well-written travel articles. Can you share how your blog came to be? And can you tell us a little bit more about your website? Absolutely. Um, so my blog is, uh, like you said, Christine's Travel Gems, and uh, 
blog came about because uh, I was living in Germany with my husband and uh, we had been there for a while and I would, we traveled a lot and uh, I would tell people about places we went and things we did and people would be like, how did you hear about that? Like, where are you finding this information? And I just really like to do research. I like to find unique things to do. So I used to just send everybody, you know, who asked me all the information. And then one day it occurred to me, what if I just created a place that I could send people, you know, and then I don't have to refind everything every single time. Um, I could just say, hey, just go to my website and everything's there. Um, and so that's kind of how the concept for the blog came about. And uh, it's been such a fun journey. Um, my husband and I traveled a lot while we were in Europe, even despite COVID, we made it to over 20 countries in Europe. And so it's just really fun for me to be able to pass on everything that we've learned, the places that we went and inspire future travelers in their travels. Listeners, definitely make sure to go check out Christine's Travel Gems. It's an awesome blog. Um, and really quick, let's talk about social media. Where can we go to follow you and your travel adventures on like Facebook, Instagram, or any other platforms out there? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, uh, Pinterest, and Facebook at this time. And then, um, of course, there's always the blog. Cool. And we'll have those links in the show notes. So listeners, be, uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, to learn more about how to follow Christine. Uh, Christine, one final question for you today on the podcast. It's a question I always ask new guests on the show. Um, Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. So I want to ask you, are you someone that would consider yourself to be a student of travel? And if so, can you maybe share a lesson um, or explain something that you've learned through travel? Yeah, so I definitely consider myself a student of travel. Uh, I love traveling, and I especially love learning more about the places that I go to. Um, at this time in my life, I've already lived on three continents, and um, each time that I have lived overseas, it has always been my goal to throw myself into the culture, to ask questions from the locals, and to find out more about what makes that place unique. Uh, when I lived in Tanzania, I learned Swahili. Don't ask me to say anything in Swahili. <laughs> I can't really remember it anymore. Uh, when I went, um, when I moved to Germany, the first thing that I did in Germany was enroll myself in a German course, and so I was in. German course, four hours a day, five days a week for three months, um, just immersing myself in German culture and uh, what makes Germany unique. Yeah, like I just, I love learning and I love researching for trips, finding out what makes each individual country unique, what makes each city unique from other cities, uh, what makes different areas of the world unique from other areas and that's always my focus when I'm planning travel is finding those unique things to do that you can't do anywhere else well Christine it's been so great having you on the podcast I really appreciate you taking the time to join me and share your knowledge about Porto I love learning about the city and uh, thank you so much for coming on 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Stevie. A big really thank it. you to Christine for taking the time to join the show. You can give Christine's Travel Gems a follow on Instagram at Christine's Travel Gems. Make sure to visit Christine'sTravelGems.com for many more wonderful blogs about travel. Remember to check out Group Experience to learn how to build your travel tribe. You can find more info about Group Experience in the show notes. And don't forget to give them a follow on Facebook. Destinations Beyond Expectations is on Facebook as well. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Wherever you listen, if you don't mind rating and reviewing the show, that's really helpful. And if you love the show, share it with a friend. One more thing, go ahead and like a Facebook page called Group Travel Odyssey, where every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'm part of a live stream that focuses on a particular destination and describes what groups can do there. Again, that Facebook page is Group Travel Odyssey. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.